0: Support for Jazz About Work comes from Ohio University's Online Master's Degree in Sustainability, Security, and Resilience. Does your organization or community have a workable plan for when a catastrophe strikes? This 18-month online degree program will give you the skills you need to prepare for, respond to, and recover from natural disasters and other crises. Participants earn three stackable certificates in community risk and resilience, change management and leadership, and planning resilient systems, leading to a full master's degree. Students learn cutting-edge skills in sustainability assessment and entrepreneurship, sustainable agriculture, energy policy, and more. This is an exciting, growing field, and no GRE test is required to apply. For more information, follow the link in the description on this podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. I'm your host, Bev Jones, and I wrote the book, Find Your Happy at Work. And find greater happiness and success in your work life is a big theme in this episode. Our guest is merger and acquisition expert, Greg Martin. He's a managing director at Origin Merchant Partners. That's a Toronto-based, top-ranked investment bank. They work with industrial sectors across North America. But Greg is not just an M&A guy. He also has run a restaurant, and he's passionate about helping people to take a closer look at their work so that they can find more meaning and purpose and joy. In fact, Greg hosts a podcast, Lifetime at Work, that helps people to reflect on what they want out of their career and why it's so important to make your work life as rewarding as possible. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Hello, Greg, and thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Thanks for having
1: me. Of course, what we're going to be talking about today is how it is so difficult to have a really fulfilling life if we just don't like our jobs and we're going to look at some themes that I know you care about a lot. Like why does attitude make such a difference and how much fun we have at work? And, you know, I know you're passionate about some of these issues, but here on Just About Work, we always like to hear career stories, particularly if they're a little quirky and you are a little quirky because you are a uh, m guy, you're a big time investment banker, but you also do other things like have your podcast and run a restaurant. So would you kind of share with us your career path? How, how did your main career grow and how did you find yourself having other interests at the same time?
2: Yeah, for sure. So I guess my career started in investment banking, I was sort of a, I was a business student who was eager to get out into the world. And and the challenge with sort of investment banking is and that sort of career is the hours I, you know, I knew going into it, it would be, you know, 80, 100 hours, sometimes over 100 hour weeks, and just, you know, very intense, but I told myself, do it for two or three years, learn a lot, and then you can do whatever you want after was sort of the my attitude and, and kind of the attitude you need going into it. And I hit the 10-year mark, or yeah, about the 10-year mark, and I was still in investment banking, and, you know, I wasn't working, you know, you get more senior, you're not quite working the same hours, but I just sort of, you know, had this, I don't know, crisis of some sort, realizing like, hey, is this just going to be the rest of my life, kind of this career? And so that sort of led me along. Towards you know my own entrepreneurial journey, I ended up leaving investment banking and working more full time uh, with you know my own business. It was a food business, and we we did office catering and office lunches for a lot of offices in the Toronto area and we got killed by the pandemic i mean it was just the wrong place to be it was just you know basically you know we had built up this business to be you know something reasonable i thought we were on a pretty good trajectory and then you know our business basically disappeared after the pandemic it had we then sort of pivoted and were out there delivering meals to people's homes and and i just sort of almost had another crisis of some sort of being like i can't do this it was just it was just so hard to um, to try to I don't know, in the pandemic navigated and I found myself slowly coming back actually to investment banking where I've come back now. And, you know, through all that, I ended up starting this podcast because I was, you know, realizing and reflecting a ton, uh, not just with myself, but kind of with people, you know, my age, I was sort of early mid thirties. And, you know, a lot of people my age were were going through similar things where they were thinking about, you know, what am I doing with, with my life and with work and how is, you know, work, having this impact on my life and what is my life and all those sorts of questions. And so I figured out, let's record some of those and, (laughs) and allow them, you know, others to, to hear sort of these conversations, which is sort of really what the podcast has has become today. So it's kind of led me yeah, to be, you know, kind of my day job being in the world of investment banking and with sort of this, yeah, side side gig, I guess, or little hobby I have, which is, you know, thinking about the world of work and and why we do the things we do.
1: So, Instead of um, maybe going into counseling or getting a convertible, uh, you did a podcast. And it seems like a lot healthier approach to exploring these things. Do you find that um, since you're doing the podcast, you have more conversations just in the course of your ordinary life with people and about how they feel about work?
2: Yes, for sure. I think, you know, it leads itself to it. And I've also noticed that a lot of like I have a lot of young people who are trying to you know, break into this world. They're trying to just even understand what they want to do. You think of, you know, university students or, or you know, people earlier in their careers. And I get, you know, as I've gotten more senior in, in roles, you just get more of these types of people coming and looking for advice. And so I'm doing that all the time. Like, I feel like I'm giving advice to people a lot. And so I figured, okay, let me put some of that to allow sort of others who who you know maybe don't have the benefit of a conversation to be able to you know check in on the podcast and just sort of have again some of these be- benefits because you you do learn a lot I think from from talking to. To older people, people who have been in in careers or industries or you know any, anything sort of related, and it, it's interesting. I think I have found you know looking back on it that sometimes the advice just seems so simple. It, it, it's not complicated. It's and it, in reality, when you get there, I feel like it is simple. It's just sort of maybe hard to to appreciate or realize when you're in it and you know when uh, you know you're, you're thinking about this advice or listening to this advice and, and realizing, oh, geez, it's actually you know, just find something you like doing. Like, it's, is it really that simple? <laughs> so
1: it, it's it's not that simple necessarily because you're always juggling multiple things. It's hard to get kind of a, a clear uh, picture sometimes. Do you, is part of what you've learned is um, taking breaks, taking vacation, meditating, anything like that? Do you build a space into your life as part of how you've, um kind of major shift
2: yeah so i have young kids uh they're Two boys, four and seven, and they sort of are this mechanism in my life that sort of forced me <laughs> to take yes. those breaks and leave, leave work, leave podcasting, and just focus on on them, which I love doing. It, it can be harder though, right? When you don't have that, where you know you go home and your computer's there, your, your boss is still pinging you on the phone, and you can't really escape. So, you know, I do think that's important, and I, you know, but I also feel like me personally have the benefit of of that in, in my life today.
1: Yeah, there, there is nothing quite as fulfilling and distracting, I suspect, exactly. as, as having two young folks at home. Uh, that'll help you change gears. Well, in, in thinking about what makes um, life more meaningful, um, you have talked in your post, in your podcast, about how you have to make a choice because work is such a big part of our lives, you can't neglect it. Is that, um, you can't neglect happiness at work. It is, so even though you've got things kind of worked out better, do you do things consciously or are you thinking about doing things consciously or do you hear the people who are on your podcast talk about the kind of things they do to take control of the the happiness level in their career what are what are some of the mechanisms you you use or you hear other people using
2: yeah so i think that's one of the things that you know through doing a lot of podcasts interviewing a lot of people just talking about this a lot i've sort of realized and I've now become in my life a lot more deliberate in, in sort of doing some of these things because there's really a few, th- I mean, attitude is a big one, which we, we can get into and, and just, you know, how you approach the day and your, and your job and your work. But within the job, like the, the couple of things that I do, you know, very deliberately are, would be sort of one is having goals, setting them, thinking about them, working towards improving, growing, just you know, you need that you need to kind of be getting better at something always, I think that it really improves the fulfillment that that I have, or that I get out of work is just, you know, knowing where I'm going and and working towards getting there. If sure, it's not always a straight line, you'll have bad days, you'll have setbacks. But you know, knowing where you're going and having those objectives just becomes super important, I think, in in having a direction for yourself. Uh, So that's number one. And I'd say the other one that I that I really try to value is like human connection, <clears throat> building relationships, that sort of thing. When it comes down to it, a lot of our lives are that. It is finding people, finding, finding your people, finding people you like spending time with that you can commiserate with beyond the positive or the negative, complain with whatever it might be. And finding and, and, and allocating the time to spend with those people is super important. And a lot of the time that we have is at, is at work. Um, where we can do that, where we can have you know, you know people who we we can you know relate to that we can you know again have the time to really just sit there and have a good time, tell a story, tell jokes, whatever it might be. A lot of that you know could be clients, it could be people that uh, could be your bosses, it could be your coworkers, whoever it is. I think you know finding those people where you can just sort of enjoy their company and and kind of build relationships is also a really important thing to to liking what you do throughout the
1: day I, I totally agree with you I think of it um, I uh, something I call in my head is the engagement triangle and I, I, if, I think if you look at all the research and all the experts um, there there really are three things you just hit two of them that help us determine how engaged and happy we are at work one of them the goals it's um, that's kind of the process what you going Having a little goal and reaching it gives you this little ping of satisfaction and building your expertise gives you that ping. So the goals are a huge part of it. And it's overwhelmingly clear from the research that we human beings are social beings and it's really, really hard to enjoy what we're doing if we're doing it in isolation. The third thing, of course, is mission or purpose and that can fit with either goals or human Context. So, do you find um, I on the human side, you do a lot of things. I'm guessing and have since before COVID a, a lot of things remotely because you're with a company that kind of does deals across the, across North America. Do you find that um, there are special challenges in a remote work uh, when it comes to being connected with people? Are you managing that for yourself?
2: Yeah, so it's been a huge hot topic, heavily debated. I would say, um, you know, I've talked about it on my podcast and with just everyone within my company. Honestly, we're about fifty people, and we are spread across, yeah, you know, basically, you know, four cities, and it's challenging because a lot of you, a lot of this gets pushed to being. Virtual, and I remember, you know, during the pandemic, um, when I had, you know, rejoined the world of investment banking, it was kind of comical. <laughs> we were trying to create these situate, you know, call it uh, events that we would have, but they were virtual, and you know, it just it was like trying to create a going to a restaurant or going to a bar or something like that, and virtually, and it was just, you know, incredibly challenging. It was hard to create connection. It was hard to feel a part of something the same way because people, you know, everyone was just working at home till, I don't know, eight or nine at night and just kind of hating their, that they were doing that because they were missing that connection. So I do, I I do really think that there is a value in, and we're just learning that now. And it's, it's been challenging though, for a lot of people, especially my, my age, I feel like people who have reason to be home, like they really want to be with their kids and, you know, to see them growing up or to, you know, maybe they, they, um, they live far away from where their office is, or they just have a culture where now people are working remotely and they're they're not in the office. And, you know, there's kind of this missing piece, I think, a little bit of the, and this potentially loneliness where you can't connect the same way or that it is harder to connect with people because, again, it's virtual and, and that is hard. So I, I think that's what we're in right now. We're in this situation of trying to figure out, well, how do I maintain connection and, and stave off this sort of loneliness while I'm, you know, sort of at home uh, with our company, we've been pr- reasonably flexible on it. We've sort of told people like, you don't have to be into the office five days a week, but we've, you know, increasingly over time, just tried to encourage it stronger. <laughs> if that makes sense of saying like, Hey, yeah, it, it'd be really attract good people
1: to the office.
2: Yeah. Like we don't, yeah, it's, it's it tempt people. And just, and I think, you know, and really again, strongly encourage people to come back in office, which I think has 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 helped and been a been a good balance, but it it is hard. and I know a lot of companies everywhere are struggling with it because you know, they realize that it's it's missing. at the same time, people don't love to be forced to go back in.
1: Well, I think that uh, everybody uh, who is a in a hybrid operation, as you say, they everybody's struggling. People are trying to find out. The best way for their group to do it. But looking at my individual clients, I coach people, I coach quite a few people who are sort of in your stage of life, Greg. And um, what I've noticed is that even if somebody has worked out a really good remote arrangement and the work is getting done without people coming together, that human need for interaction is still there. And the, the fun of having other people kind of in your field to talk about is part of what gives us energy for work. So I encourage um, clients, if they're some of them are like senior government people who are working out in the middle of the country and everybody else seems to be in Washington, I encourage them to develop their own circle of colleagues. They don't have to be in the same organization or even the same field. But if you kind of regularly talk with other people, you can create that human connection. That's um, obviously lots of things are confidential, but the things you want to talk about sometimes is, you know, the crazy things your boss does, or, you know, we don't know what to uh, do about such and such a kind of challenge. Do you, do you find that, um, that has worked for you, or you were so much in the stage with young kids that it's harder to to have uh, additional circles. You've got plenty of people at the office for you.
2: No, no, like I've made a deliberate effort now to focus on trying to build relationships with people at work, uh, clients, etc., and and just trying to you know not. You know, start a call or start start anything without you know not just going straight to business, but trying to just you know genuinely connect with them over over something. And I, you know I think doing that is is important. And and also just you know um, we've got this sort of uh, this natural flight to to trying to be super productive, right? We, we've got x number of hours, and I'm just going to try to work as hard as I can over those hours. And you know I think you know building in the opportunity or the time to say okay. Um, you know, I need to spend this time connecting with people, and just on on you know relationships is 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 important where, wherever it is. And honestly, if if you know, I've I've been doing this. It, some people I just realize I don't like, and it's not because they're bad people yeah. or whatever. It's just I don't click with them, and so. Frankly, I, I you know I, I spend less time with them. Like I, I try to find ways to to spend more time with the people that I, I do connect with or that I do sort of enjoy. And it just I think that does help with that happiness factor. Um, you're not going to avoid everyone. You're not going to like everyone. But you know part of the career journey and the relationship journey, I think, is is trying to find this group of people that you that you like, that you enjoy, that like you were saying, you can connect with in some way. Um, you know wherever they are, wherever you are.
1: Well, one of the things that makes people likable at work or in life is their degree of being positive. I mean, some people just drag you down. They use all of your energy. You kind of want to avoid them because you don't have the bandwidth to um, deal with them today. That brings us, of course, to the topic of attitude, because when we first were connecting about having this conversation, we, we said that we both were kind of fascinated and how sometimes it seems a simple way to change everything is to change your attitude, that attitude matters. What brought you to focus a bit on attitude?
2: So I have a lot of conversations with people just in the day to day and they, they really seem to um, hate Monday and love Friday. (laughs) And I just have this, you know, I just have, and, and, you know, they're happy, you know, happy Friday and, and that sort of stuff. And I, I have a real pet peeve on this and that I, I don't sort of see that as being how I approach things. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited for every day. All right. That's my goal. Anyways, you know, you're not going to have every day is going to be amazing. I don't think anyone's saying that, but you know, just by virtue of, of, you know, the week, being work doesn't mean that it's it's bad. I think it, it's, it's actually just opportunity. It, there's this opportunity for you to make it kind of great. And and I, and I that's what I want to inspire people to do. I think that's, you know, my big thing. I've sort of had this epiphany or realized it myself. And now I'm trying to sort of instill that upon others, I think. And, you know, what I've realized is that, you know, even in, you know, you can imagine when I was you know, young in my career, again, we're working till, you know, midnight, some nights with with colleagues that, you know, we complain, right? And that's what you do. You tend to complain with your work colleagues about stuff, about work, about your bosses, about this thing you had to do or whatever it might be. And, you know, over time, that really does dampen and and make, I think, the work not as good. Now, I think you need to do that, right? You need, if, if you're, yes, if you you need people to complain with, I think it is, you, you can, create connection over that. But I think, you, you know, also having a good, a good attitude and finding opportunities to say, hey, this was a good thing and celebrate some of these, these wins, celebrate some of the the, the positives, the opportunities that you get at work is also really important. And, you know, maybe, you know, there's people out there who are just naturally pessimistic, negative, they sort of have this negative attitude on, on work, on things, whatever it is. And I think it's, you know, beholden on the rest of us to try, to try to, you know, improve that, to perk them up, to get them excited about things. And so that's where I sort of see myself in in, in trying to do that is, is like, hey, how can I sort of create this sort of positive and look at, yes, yes, there are some negative things, but, you know, can we take the reins and try to make it better? Can we find out what the good is in, you know, whatever work situation we might be in? Because it does have a huge impact, I think, on how you love your week. So
1: yeah. Yeah, and the the research about optimism and pessimism um, has come a long way in in recent years. Of course, with uh, neuropsychology and ways to do MRIs and kind of get into what's happening in people's brains. But I. I think I sort of stumbled on this when I was in a stage like in your early years, you, you're working long hours. Well, I was a young lawyer. I was like one of the first women lawyers around in a couple of Washington law firms. And I felt like I had to work more hours than any man ever had. Uh, it was really tiring. And I got kind of depressed and exhausted. And, and, and then one day something really good happened. And the next few days, I was much happier, although nothing else had changed in my life. And I thought, well, if something external can make me happier, maybe I can make myself happier. Um, And I started noticing that when I was feeling negative about work or at the office, it all seemed to start with a voice in my head, which I started fighting back against. So now I have a better understanding about how all that works. But I, for me, the big aha was, oh, I am the problem at work. Nobody's making me do these hours. Nobody's making me feel miserable. I'm just telling myself, you're never going to get another job if you don't work, you know, all of these hours. And, you know, I just changed my, what I said to myself and then everything else seemed to change. Totally. Yeah, I can that I can happens. Totally you mentioned another word earlier that I want to um, go back to because I think this is really important too. Part of what makes work negative and not fun and not meaningful is that even if you start out liking it, if you do the same things all the time, it gets boring or you burn out because you do too much of it. And so we have to break up our work patterns. And one of the ways to do it is to celebrate. Celebration can be a great way to kind of pause and, and feel gratitude about something. But it's hard to know somehow um, to celebrate. So how in say, in your workplace, or when you're hearing about other people's workplace, what do you you think is appropriate and, and healthy, fun celebrating? Um, How do you build it into a, a kind of a work pattern?
2: Yeah. One of the things that we do a lot is congratulate people, even over <laughs> small things. Like, you know, you had this, you know, you got this done or you, 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 you moved to the next stage of the deal or whatever it might, might be. And just sort of doing that, I think is a, is, puts this positive spin on something that that you've done or accomplished or whatever. So, you know, when this can come about whenever you're, you know, encountering someone, you encounter, you you know, you you walk past someone or you have a call with someone and you ask, Hey, how's this going? And they say, Oh, we got this done. You say, Oh, congratulations. You know, it sounds silly (laughs) maybe that you're, you know, it's, Hey, it's not worth congratulating, or this is something that happens all the time. But, you know, doing that and just saying congrats is, you know, can be, can be sort of helpful and just an easy way to celebrate it. So I, you know, I think, I think that's one. I also think, um, just trying to find, I, I'm a big food person. So <laughs> finding an occasion to have a meal with with wh- whichever the colleagues that you like uh, the most yeah. and, and, and doing that on a somewhat regular basis. However, you know, it could be every week, it could be every day. In some cases, it could be once a month or whatever it might be, I think is, you know, super important. You don't have to talk all about work. And it's not necessarily all about trying to be more efficient. It can just be trying to yeah celebrate you know yeah talk, talk through things that may be concerning you but then also talk about you know some of the positives and some of the things that you as a group you know want to do and like and enjoy and whatever for the future i think you know can also really help with that attitude and positive mindset as well
1: yeah you can manage your own attitude but then you can impact others by kind of sharing your positivity and then it kind of bounces back you can get in an upwards uh, cycle I think by uh, noticing other people's successes and 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 being positive with them it, it kind of um, makes makes life more fun I think if you're if you build that habit so I, I want to change gears a little bit um, you uh, going back to, what you were saying about covert and the restaurant and so forth—that was a real entrepreneurial leap, right? Did how do you feel about? Um, uh, I know you work with businesses all the time. How do you feel about when it's time to get an entrepreneurial and start a business, and or where do you see successes happening in in your as a in your world of investment banking? What have you learned about how people can make a entrepreneurial leap
2: yeah like for me it was something that i had always wanted to do i it wasn't a function for me of of if i was going to be an entrepreneur at some point it was certainly a when and you know i think i chose to dive in and become an entrepreneur when i just couldn't stop thinking about it it was just sort of all that i wanted it was kind of consumed yeah. my thoughts now, I, I don't quite consider myself an entrepreneur in the same way, for sure. I think I there's pros and cons. There are some great things about being an entrepreneur, which I've learned both, I guess, the the full experience way and the hard way. And there are, I, I think, I just have a, a, a unique appreciation for it. There's this tendency that we have to really celebrate the great entrepreneurs of the world because, in a lot of cases, they've created some of the biggest and and, and they're just celebrities, right? Like you think of, you know, the Zuckerbergs and the Bezos of the world. I mean, they're just, they're, they're celebrities and they've created great things. And they're, you, you know, these great entrepreneurs. However, there are so many out there, there, there are a ton of businesses that don't work out. And that's fine. You learn, I think, a ton by, by going out and having an entrepreneurial experience and, and, and whether it's successful or not, you know, yeah, going through that. And so that's how I sort of feel it is for me. I went off, I was an entrepreneur, I, I may do it again, I may start a business someday, I, I'm, I'm good, <laughs> I don't need and feel like I need to do it sort of right now. I, I Again, I learned a lot sort of doing it, you, you just you get to wear so many hats, um, you get to see so much, it's, it, it, you know, you have, you know, an endless amount of things that you can do It's just it's something that's, it, you know, it's a really cool life experience, if, if it's something that you you want to do and feel excited about, but you do need to be excited about it, you do have to really want it, because it, it is, it can be, and really, frankly, is, um, especially in the early stages, just, you know, very, very consuming to be an entrepreneur.
1: Yes, it's, it, it can be uh, pretty full on. But some of the things, taking risks and being comfortable if it doesn't work out, some of the things that are, I, I think, essential uh, entrepreneurial traits, people can start practicing them in there, wherever they are now. I mean, you can be in a big organization, and you can come up with an idea, and and try to bring it forward. That can be a way to get some experience, um, and kind of get used to the what it feels like to step out, and then get up again if it doesn't work. Don't you think? For sure,
2: yeah. It's a great it's a great skill, and sometimes you know you can feel in you know you could be working in a corporate job. For a, a large organization, where yeah, you just don't feel like you've got much flexibility or leeway around it, and and you know maybe you need something else that gets your, gives you that, um, you know, for instance, I have a podcast, and so um, as yes. do you, and That's so I you familiar. know I'm curious whether you you feel like that sort of gives you flexibility around to do things, but I you know for me I, I find that, and it's it's also something that I can make and spend as much time as I want or or as little time as I want, sort of uh, depending on on you know, how I'm feeling and what I can contribute.
1: Well, I, uh, I've been an executive with a really big company and I've been a lawyer in firms. My stage of life now is I just do a whole lot of different things. I really like creating new stuff and whether it's writing a book or, um, taking on a different kind of client. Uh, I like the, um, I like the fun of trying something, and at a certain age, you don't worry too much about failure because you've done it enough times (laughs) and survived that Mm. it, it doesn't feel so bad anymore. Well, this has been fun. i I like your positive attitude. I like how you're focused on the quality of work and not just on all of the the money that's part of investment banking do you have any suggestions for our listeners who are out there on you know something they might do today to to have a bit more fun or get more out of work what what are some easy ways to get started if people want to make a shift
2: yeah i'd say Write down some goals that you have for your job that, you know, where, where do you want to do? Where do you see yourself going? And, and those goals don't just have to be like make more money, they can be, <laughs> you know, I want to get to know this person better, or I want to, you know, work towards something and working towards a um, just pick whatever it is, whatever, whatever it might be for you and write it down. I think important to write it down because you're going to get busy and you may forget about it, but writing it down someplace, whether it be in a folder on your phone, in a, in a you know, somewhere in your house that you could put it up on the wall or whatever, um, you know, doing that, I think is, 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 it will be helpful because you'll, you'll go back to it and, and start to, to think about, Hey, you know, I I had this goal, or I was trying to do this, and and maybe I I, I don't now. Um, so I'd say that's one. I think the other is is that attitude thing. Like, I, and it's hard. It's easy just to say have a positive attitude, but you know how do you do that? And I, I think you know it's it maybe you know looking within your organization, start asking people. You know who who do you see that is that does have a positive attitude? Who do you see? Um, that you admire within within your work within your organization. Maybe it's your neighbor, maybe it's someone in a different different role. But just have that conversation. Literally ask them what makes you happy at work, or or um, you, you know where do you find fulfillment. And just sort of have these conversations. Hey, I heard some guy on a podcast talking about this. How do you you know whatever? How do you have fulfillment? And and get in the conversation. I think talking and listening about it is you know being deliberate about it. Like hey, I'm trying to to, to enjoy my work better. How can I do that? It, you know, lots of, it, it's not rocket science. It's, it's, it's a lot of its attitude and, and, you know, hearing from others and what they do. And, um, and, and I think that's, you know, anyways, it was a very good and, and hopefully easy-ish place to start.
1: Those are good suggestions. And I hope that you have a great day today. Uh, your attitude is terrific and I hope everything goes well. And thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Today we've been talking with Greg Martin about finding more meaning and joy at work. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Find Your Happy at Work. And our sponsor is the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Service at Ohio University. Today's tip is that if you don't enjoy your job, there are usually plenty of things you can do to make it better. A good starting point is to learn something new. Thanks for listening to Jazzed About Work. We hope you come back soon.